to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Spirituality in medicine is almost sounds like a paradox. You know, when I was a little girl, at first I really lost a lot of my um, spirituality and certainly I wasn't religious because the way I was being taught about science was, um, it was very mechanistic. The physiology of the human body was really drilled down to like, you know, moving parts and chemical reactions. And there didn't seem to be a lot of room for um, that, that realm of, of the spirit, right, of spirituality, of that um, other kind of energy force out there that seemed to um, be a part of spirituality. So I lost my spirituality at a very young age. And, and part of that, too, was my father um, was um, raised in a Catholic family, but he became atheist when he went to Rome. And he, he, I remember it so well as a young uh, girl. He told me that uh, when he saw a beggar at the opulent church, and he's like, you know, if that beggar had been given a sliver of the gold on that church, he would have been fed for his life. And when he saw that disparity, it just, you know, it it took away his um, belief in God, you know, which in retrospect, um, you know, I believed him completely because I was a young girl, but in retrospect, he made a big jump, right? I mean, just because there's a church that could feed all of the poor in that city or in that country, if they were to dismantle it, doesn't mean that God doesn't exist, but that's kind of what I took from it. And then, um, you know, I was going deeper into the research afterwards, you know, when he got his diagnosis, and a lot of my suffering came from this belief that once he died, that's it, he would be gone, and, and I would never have my, my dad again, and um, I would lose that energy in my, like, his personality in my life. And so um, I was reading the research, and I came across the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton, who um, essentially is the father of epigenetics. Epigenetics is the study of the um, the fact that our environment is what controls our genes. So it's the environment that we're exposed to that kind of um, plays our genes. Like you know, I've been talking about how the genes are like the piano. Um, and it's what you're exposed to, the environment that plays that piano. And he did some very classic studies where he would take cells, you know, our body's made up of cells, and he would put these cells into Petri dishes. So the same DNA, he would clone the cells and put these genetically identical cells into different Petri dishes. And depending on what he did to the medium, like what the cell was bathed in, like the, the kind of the soup that was in the cell, like in the petri dish that would feed the cell or give it signals, um, that cell evolved completely differently. Okay, so the same DNA would result in uh, completely different or- like um, organisms depending on the environment that it was exposed to, and that was revolutionary, you know, because at the time, and we still are in that old paradigm. We thought that the DNA was our destiny. Okay. And his research, which is in the 1960s, if I'm not mistaken, 
show that that is simply not the case for the majority of conditions that the human frame can experience. And he, when, he, when I was reading his book, it was just kind of amazing to me because he said somewhere that, you know, the deeper that he went into the science, the more spiritual he became. And, and, and it was interesting to me when I read that because um, I was finding the same thing. I was, I was reading the science and I was coming across some really interesting research um, with results that um, couldn't really be explained by, by other than the fact that there are forces that exist um, on this planet that we're surrounded by and that we create ourselves that influence everything down to the cells of our body. So for example, there was this one research that I came across that was called um, the morphogenetic fields. And what it found was that um, when, the, when, the, when the fetus in the, in the mama's belly in the uterus, right, is developing, um, we thought that the only thing that would um, cause the development to occur was the DNA signaling, like, okay, this, this, the DNA. So because every cell in our body has the same DNA, it's like, well, then how does a cell in our body know to turn into a liver cell and know how to turn into a hand and a foot and a face, right? And that wasn't like completely understood and it still isn't completely understood, but there's like the signaling that would happen and something would get turned on one cell and off on the other cell and that was what caused a differentiation. But the question is, what, what is the thing that turns that on and off? And this research study that was being done on animals showed that there was a, um, a field of energy around these um, developing uteruses and it was the, the field that would um, develop, like there would be a certain field that would develop around the arm and a certain field around the foot, another field around the head. And that field would give instructions to the DNA as to what would turn on and off. And they called it the morphogenetic field. And um, so it was like this power that like this energy force that was being exerted from the outside of the person um, in. And I just found that to be like so incredibly fascinating. You know, I, I thought, wow, like what is this energy field? <laughs> and, um, and different kinds of research um, that like of things like that, where I just started to realize uh, another research that I thought was really, really interesting was the fact that you know, we, we, um, when you have a, a, your brain, um, creates signals inside of the brain, electrical signals, right? And when we know that this is true and we can measure it, um, when we put, um, electrodes on the head and we can capture the signaling in the brain. And that's what we use when you're, when you're testing for epilepsy. So people who have seizures, they tend to have, um, like discharges of electricity in the brain. And that's how you can diagnose someone having epilepsy or seizures. And there's this testing device where you actually can capture, you, you take it away from the head and it's like a, almost like a cap, but, but that's away from your head. So not on your head, but some distance away from your head. And it's such a sensitive instrument that it can actually still capture that electrical activity like a few feet from your head. And then the, the question is like, if we get even more sensitive instruments, how you could detect it further and further and further away. And so this kind of research around um, energy, you know, and um, and the fact that there there is there are different kinds of energies that are not just in us, but um, a part of us, but outside of us, like it, it extends beyond the skin. 
and that these energies interact. So when we are, when we are um, standing by someone or with someone, that energetic can interact with, you know, they show that, that, that energy field, so to speak, interacts with the other person's energy field. And they even showed research that the, um, if you take um, cells that were originally from the same source and you separate them um, quite a bit, quite a few, like a, a, I think it was this research was 15 feet or something like that, like quite a ways apart. And you did something to one cell, you could see it would affect the other cell as well. Okay. And so there's this um, connection that we have that cannot be explained yet by our current understanding of science. And so the more that you get into the real nitty gritty of science, and then you start getting to quantum physics, you know, that field is just blowing the lid on our understanding of, of, who, of what we are and who we are. It's interesting. It's true. The more scientific um, I became, the more I, I went into the research deeper and deeper, following things down the rabbit hole. It's kind of like Dr. Bruce Lipton. I became more spiritual. I became aware of the fact that there is um, an energy within us, right? And what's interesting is that um, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, like the chakras, the, mid the mid meridians, like acupuncture meridians, I mean, um, Dr. Bob Becker, an orthopedic surgeon in the 1940s, he was doing electric uh, research with electricity and he, the use of electricity to heal bones, which in my specialty of physical medicine rehabilitation, we use to heal um, bone fractures that just won't heal for whatever reason. And so he had a good understanding of electricity and he wanted to actually, he was interested in whether or not the acupuncture meridians existed. So these are currents of energy that are supposed to run through our body. And that's what the acupuncturists use, like sites along those lines of energy that run up and down our body, down our arms, down our legs. And they connect organs like the eye connected to the gut, connected to the toe, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and he was like, I wonder if this actually exists. So just as a side project, he, he created this device that he could roll along the human skin and it would pick up areas of resistance. So electrical kind of field areas along the skin. And he was actually able to map 50% of the meridian points. They actually existed on the human skin that he could find in terms of creating that a disturbance that would allow his, the sensor that was reading the electricity to pick up that there was an, an electrical node there. And he was, he was just blown away. He's like, wow. And I wonder if the other 50% is just that my, my instrument is not sensitive enough to detect it. You know, I was able to detect the more, the larger ones, but I, maybe I can't detect the smaller ones. And so there, so there is research to absolutely prove that we have energy fields running through our body, that these, um, these channels do line up with the um, acupuncture meridians, at least 50% of them, the points, and, um, and that these, these energetic fields extend beyond our body. Um, and it, these can be captured by currently existing technology. And so imagine what we, what, we, what we are made of in terms of energy that we don't see, actually. Um, and that we can't capture using these with technology that exists currently, but maybe with future technology, we'll get an even greater understanding. And personally, the more that I work with my energy, so I do Qigong, um, for example, Qi is energy, Gong is work. So Tai Chi, right? So the work, um, so I do energy work. The more that I, I, I feel in my body and I, I feel, feel in my, um, certainly in my mindset, my perception of the world shifting slowly, but surely. 
And I feel more deeply connected to whatever source it is like that this energy emanates from, you know, like what, whatever it is that this source comes from. Um, what you can call it universe, you can call it divine, you can call it God, whatever word you want to give it. And it, it, this energy has no name. Like once you give it a name, you limit it, right? So it's this like limitless, nameless energy. And in the Tao Te Ching and Taoism, they speak of it as the thing that has no name, the thing that cannot be named, right? The Tao, but they, they give it a name just so they can speak of it. But they basically say the Tao cannot be named really. And I mean, when I, I had the privilege of being by my, my dad's bedside um, when he passed away. And uh, these days, it's not common to have the opportunity to be witness to someone dying. So I was there when he passed away. And, you know, I was there and I was, um, you know, keeping him company, so to speak, in his last moments. And what, what really struck me was that he had this energy in him when he was alive and within seconds of him, him dying, that energy was gone, right? It was like an animating force that he was animated with his energy and then he died and the, and that force went away. It's like the tissues just kind of went still, everything went still. And I just remember thinking energy is not created or destroyed. Where did that energy go? Right? It's not like all of a sudden his body combusted into flames, like that's how the energy got dispersed. No, the energy was dispersed in some other way. It didn't just cease to exist. Like, you know, we know, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. And so that energy was still there, but it was no longer in his body. So then my question was, where did it go? And so I, things like that, when you start observing things with that kind of um, uh, a lens, um, you start to open yourself up to um, um, being a very spiritual person. So now I would say that I'm, I'm an extremely scientific spiritual person <laughs> because I went deeper into the science. I didn't stay superficial. You know, if you stay superficial in the science, you do, you do feel like there, there is no magic there, like there is no, um, no um, depth to it, right? It's like you're born... You have your life experience, you die and it's over, like your, your food for worms, right? And now I just, I simply do not believe that to be the case. And whether or not people agree with me, I think that's a very personal thing. It has to ring true for you in your heart and in your, and in your you know, in your solar plexus, like that, that um, you know, not thinking part of our, of our brain, so to speak, right? It's, it's a part that feels the truth of things rather than rationalizes it. And I feel deeply that we are all part of um, an original source of energy. It's not created or destroyed. It's just there all the time. And the formless, that formless source of energy turns into form, which is us in this life, this creative, this body that we, that we inhabit for a period of time. And we have our life experiences. I believe that we are here to learn, to learn from our life experiences, to evolve positive evolution. The what we do know is that the universe is always undergoing positive evolution, even though sometimes it feels like we're going backward. If you look back in history, we're always going forward, like overall, right? And so our, and everything is repeated through nature. So if, if the universe is positive evolution and mankind is positive evolution, we as we incarnating into this form out of the formless energy into this form, it's our opportunity for positive evolution. And basically in this life, you either have the opportunity to learn and evolve or stop or not learn stop learning and and then die with, at that stage of evolution and then whether or not you have an opportunity to reincarnate that's something i obviously don't know although i do um 
um, follow with interest those near-death experiences and um, those people who have have actually been proven to to die right by all standards of mo- modern medicine, and then they are brought back to life. And it's very interesting. They all say the same thing, right? So again, threads of truth in that. Um, and if you were to follow what they say, um, on the other side of death is actually a new uh, a return to what we came from, that formless substance, and it seems to be made of pure and unconditional love. That's the message that everybody has to say when you go into that research. It's just pure and unconditional love. And so here we are, these form, these beings of form created out of the formless, and the formless substance is unconditional love. So it, it, it makes me wonder if part of the lesson is how to be able to express that unconditional love despite of all of the pressures of society to um, really block us from doing so, right? So to cope with those kinds of learning, le- those lessons. And it's for me, uh, once I got health figured out, like I really do think I have the health piece figured out, um, generally speaking, like the essence of it, I'm always learning specifics and details, but the essence of it, I really feel like I have a good handle on it. Now where I really enjoy um, diving deeper and deeper into is this aspect of the mind-body connection, the spirit-mind-body connection, the energetics and how that affects our health. Um, and I feel like that's when you start getting really, really deep. And, and when we speak about whole health, um, in my mind, it, it's inclusive of that. And so um, for me, spirituality and medicine uh, is no longer a paradox. It's just a way of, of living. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 